Hello, and welcome back to the Iowa Type Theory Commute. We are in Chapter 2, talking about functional programming, and have recently been talking about how functional programming languages support concise programs, writing concise programs. And um, I was talking a little bit last time about something that is, goes by the name of point-free style. And you're thinking about, um, in this style, we're not going to write functions explicitly that say, oh, I take in and put acts, and I do this and that and the other thing to acts. Instead, we write functions by saying, well, this function is defined to be the composition of these other functions, or the gluing together in this, that, or the other way of some other functions. So we use combinators, that's the terminology for higher-order functions that you can use to connect up other functions. Um, so we sort of, you think of your function as kind of like a wiring diagram or saying like take this function and connect it to that one and connect that function like this. Um, it's actually, I've always thought that sort of some more graphical um, ways of depicting programs could be, um, could be interesting. Uh, anyhow, but you know, so we don't really have languages that support a very nice sort of graphical notation for doing these kind of connections. Um, you just write some you know, program syntax that just says compose f and g. So instead of writing, oh, my new function takes an input x and calls f of g of x, instead you write, my new function is just equal to f compose with g. Or you can use other combinators to glue these things together. And this is a case where higher order programming that lets you write programs that take other programs in as inputs, that's kind of a prerequisite to be able to program in this, this style, right? Because you have to be able to express these combinators that take in several functions and connect them in various ways. Um, so, and the thing I wanted to touch on briefly, and I say briefly because um, I have a little short commute here as I had some other business to do on the road before I could start talking about this stuff, is I wanted to connect this up with category theory. Now, category theory is um, an abstract branch of mathematics that grew apparently out of topology. Um, and we, people were looking for abstract ways of describing maps, you know, between spaces or whatever it was they were doing. I, I, I'm not an, certainly not an expert on the history of all this. But um, in category theory, which I will probably want to spend another episode talking about the basics of, uh, as, as I understand them, and, and I, my, my knowledge of category theory is very rudimentary compared with the uh, um, intimidating amount of um, stuff you can find out there on it. Uh, but the, the key point I want to make here is that category theory goes very nicely with this point-free style, and functional programmers have realized this, and there's, you can find lots in the functional programming research literature, there's lots and lots of stuff that relies on basic knowledge of category theory. So for a functional programming researcher, you definitely want to know, um, you want to study some category theory, and for, uh, and actually in functional programming, just sort of practice, Category theory has also made a lot of impact, and there's a lot of abstractions that functional programmers use that come from category theory or have been linked to category theory um, and have been found to be really useful. And we'll have occasion to talk, I think, a little bit about some of those. Um, but what I wanted to say here briefly, as I'm just parking, was um, the reason, one reason you can say that category theory really supports this point-free style is that um, or it goes so well with this, is that um, in category theory, uh, you know, you're, they're, they're, it's trying to abstract 
from an idea that we have some kind of mathematical objects or spaces or structures, or whatever, and we have some functions between them. We don't want to think of them as set theoretic th functions. We're just thinking about there's something that lets you go from A to B. Um, in that sense, it's just a graph, but it's actually, uh, I'm sorry, I'm embarrassed to say, I forget the terminology a little bit. It's actually, a, I, I should look this up. It's a kind of graph where you can have more than one edge between two vertices. Is that a multigraph? I'm sorry, I don't remember. Um, anyhow, so in category theory, you can have more than one, because naturally enough, you can have more than one function going between two spaces, let's say. Um, so in category theory terminology, these, you know, instead of a function from going from A to B, you, you have a morphism. It's just a thing. It's some ob mathematical object or other that lets you pass from A to B. Um, and this kind of abstraction, so we're no longer insisting that these things are are actually set theoretic functions that let you go from some some A to, a, to some B. They're just things. And so since they're not functions anymore, we can't call them. All we can do is glue them together. And, and that's exactly what we want to do for point-free programming. We don't want to say F of G of X. We want to say F composed with G. And composition is one of the basic um, presuppositions of a category, a category um is a certain mathematical structure where we have these morphisms from uh, objects of the category and between objects of the category, and we can compose those morphisms. And, and there are yet, you know, we can have more abstractions on top of all this sort of thing. Uh, so category theory itself is, I'm trying to abstract away from the idea of functions in set theory where you can call them with an input and get an output. Instead, they're just some objects, there's some, they're, they're called morphisms, and you can glue them together. And that actually works really great. And that's a, a, a great um, basis for this point-free style of programming. And interestingly enough, it enables, just as it has done in mathematics, where it's uh, just a very abstract uh, a very abstract theory, in programming, it also supports a very abstract style of programming, which is great. We as programmers want to have more abstraction um, to let us reuse more code, have smaller pieces of trusted code, that uh, the rest of our systems are, are built on and rely on. So anyway, that's it for today. Thank you for listening.